welcome back to episode number 193 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast for building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we are doing an instant update on the 2021 potato starch explosion in Tuas, Singapore. So earlier in this year, in 2022, the Ministry of Manpower released its investigation report on this incident in Singapore. This is the report of the Inquiry Committee for the Accident of STARS ENGRG, which I think might be engineering, but I'm not sure, PTE Limited on 24th of February, 2021. So this was an investigation report that took about a year to complete from February of 2021 to January of 2022 and was released earlier in January of this year. So we're going to go through a number of things in this episode. We covered this incident a little bit back in episode 187 of the podcast, five key takeaways from the 2021 Combustibleist Incident Report. But I want to give this its own podcast episode as well because it's quite interesting. And there's a lot to unpack in this incident update from this investigation report. So in this episode specifically, we're going to cover why this incident is interesting, what was initially reported, what happened after the incident in the country of Singapore, the results of the investigation report, and then we're going to wrap up where all this information leads us from an incident reporting perspective on this explosion to us, Singapore. So let's sort of dive right in. So why is this incident interesting? So first off, this is a case where they had a large-scale explosion with, unfortunately and tragically, multiple fatalities, uh, multiple serious injuries. And right away, they zeroed in and thought that it was a combustible dust explosion involving potato starch. Uh, undertook a lot of activities within Singapore with regards to combustible dust in response to this large-scale explosion, which is the exact opposite of what traditionally happens with combustible dust. Typically, an explosion happens, and the dust is the last thing that is looked at. Once it is determined that it is dust that was the cause, it is almost met with disbelief at the end of the day. In this case, it was the exact opposite. They assumed it was combustible dust from the get-go, ran with that, did a lot of really proactive measures within industries that were handling combustible dust and combustible powders in, in Singapore. At the end of the day, it, it turned out to not be a combustible dust incident. And we'll get into that a little bit in this episode of the podcast as well. So what do we know about this explosion when it first came out? So on February 24th, 2021, local news reported a dust explosion at a fire protection systems manufacturer in Tuas, Singapore. This was reported to involve potato starch. The Ministry of Manpower, the MOM, Occupational Safety and Health Division within Singapore had done sort of a preliminary investigation right at the time the explosion occurred and really said that they believed it was a combustible dust explosion. A logistics manager on site in the next building said that he heard a very large explosion followed by two smaller ones. Employees were working on an industrial mixer inside the fire protection systems manufacturing facility at the time of the explosion. And tragically, three workers lost their lives in this incident. Seven more were also injured, and five of those were, were quite severe injuries from burns due to these explosions and flash fires that happened. So before we jump into what happened after this incident and the investigation report that came out about a year later, it's kind of helpful to give some sort of background on what this facility did to understand the different processing operations and where combustible dust was involved and where other fuels were involved as well. So this facility made fire-resistant wraps for ducting and piping. I think they called it fire wrap in the, the report. So these were wraps that were made by making what they called fire clay, which was a mixture of uh, potato starts and other raw materials. Then they poured the clay in between plastic, aluminum, and ceramic fiber sheets in different layers. They pressed these layers and rolled them. 
and they got a final wrap material, which again, you can wrap around ducting, around pipework to uh, avoid, I believe, a fire, you know, getting through into the ducting, uh, into the pipework, potentially a fire getting through the other way, but I'm not exactly sure that the, the use case. By the end of the day, they're making these fire resistant wraps. The fire clay itself was created in a heated mixer where potato starts and the other raw ingredients were poured in by operators by hand. The mixer was heated by an oil-filled jacket that was around the mixing chamber. So this oil acted as a thermal material that once it was heated, then it would actually heat the contents of the mixer as well. Well, at the time of the explosion, the mixer was on an elevated platform at the back of the single-room fire wrap manufacturing and assembly facility. So it wasn't that large a room. It was one single room. It had you know up to 10 operators or, or so. And it had this area where they rolled and pressed the wrap material. And then the back of that room on an elevated platform, they had this mixer that they, they filled to mix the potato starch and other materials to make the fire clay. After the explosion happened, the building sustained significant damage at the back, with that back wall rupturing, damage to the side walls. Windows shattered up to 60 meters away from adjacent buildings, up to 180 feet away. And again, tragically, the fatalities and injuries happened during this incident from that large-scale explosion. So before talking about the investigation report and the findings there, it's worthwhile to really talk about what happened after this explosion incident in the months afterwards in Singapore, because it really is unlike anything I've ever seen in terms of the heightened awareness and activity around combustible dust, what was taking part in the months after this investigation. So it appears that this preliminary investigation, the sort of day of the incident, determined that it was a combustible dust explosion by the, the Ministry of Manpower, MOM. Almost immediately, the MOM established an inquiry committee, and it was this committee that eventually released the report that this update that we're giving today was based on. On March 3rd, seven days after the initial explosion incident, the Ministry of Manpower announced that the government had begun inspections of almost 500 companies for combustible dust hazards. By March 19th, which is three weeks after the explosion happened into us, three companies were issued stop work orders after they were found to have inadequate control measures, despite significant risks for combustible dust explosions. In April, so a full month after the explosion, the Ministry of Manpower announced that 400 more worksite inspections would occur in the months of May and June. This was due to the over 3,200 workplace safety and health citations found during the original 500 inspections that were completed. So within three months of this incident happening, over 900 sites had safety inspections carried out with regards to combustible dust within uh, Singapore. On May 19th, 12 weeks after the explosion, Enterprise Singapore officially launched SS 667 2020, the code of practice for handling storage and processing of combustible dust. The following week, 13 weeks after the incident, virtual workshops were held by the National University of Singapore and the Health and Environmental Society sharing technical aspects of combustible dust, including the nature of combustible dust, awareness activities, process safety concerns, risk management approaches, and relevant local and international standards. So I just want to kind of pause here for a second just to speak on how remarkable this is. Within three months, multiple government organizations, local experts, external experts that they brought in for consulting, universities, industries, 900 work sites, 3,200 safety violations, citations, at least three companies shut down with stop work orders, all around tackling in a combined effort combustible dust challenges on really a national scale took place. 
which is really just remarkable. I've never heard of anything like it in any of the instances that we covered, certainly in the last, you know, several decades. Most of the time will take a long time to have these sort of activities take place, to have these um, work safe inspections happen, to even get inspectors trained up, to have, you know, live training for virtual workshops being held at the national level. This is all really good activity be taking place. And again, it's really remarkable to see this happen so quickly in such a combined effort with regards to tackling combustible dust in the country of Singapore. So let's now turn our our attention to the outcome of the investigation report. This report, again, was released on January 21st, about 11 months after the original incident, which, again, is a pretty big feat in its own right. Some of these reports we have seen take multiple years to come out. Having it come out so quickly is really helpful for the community to, to understand and learn from this incident. The report is quite lengthy. They significantly review the history of the mixer, its purchase, its installation, challenges that came up during its use, the use of incorrect heating fluids, attempts to fix the challenge that they had, lots of other challenges around the use of this mixer. This uh, mixer itself was purchased and installed in late 2019. One of the key issues is that it was run as a closed system. It was supposed to have a venting pipe in the back to have it as an open system so that pressure couldn't build up inside the mixer. But there are several other issues. So this caused then a bunch of issues, caused, you know, leaking, caused the heating oil to become dark, caused some combustion, thermal events to occur, all in the sort of the years leading up to this incident that happened. So the report itself covers a lot of that. They mentioned there are several warning signs that the heating oil was unstable during operation, it was it was being operated at too high of a temperature. It was breaking down when they drained it out, you know, it was black and discolored, machine smoking and eventually pressure build up inside this mixing jacket. In the end, the report found that overpressure in the jacket contained the oil caused mechanical failure and fracture of the welds of this jacket, and that the jacket was designed to be operated as an open system. When the welds failed, oil was forced out and aerosolized into an oil mist cloud, which ignited uh, due to the heat. It was uh, above its flashpoint. This caused a large explosion, which caused the majority of damages and tragically the, the majority of the injuries to the workers in that building. They found this out because of the oil spray patterns that were found on the sides of the building, um, just by the level of damage from the explosion and how much oil was on site, how much potato starch on site, and doing you know the soil investigation. They did note that there were secondary flash fires from dispersed potato starch, which also occurred. But from the report findings, it was believed that this did not cause majority of the damage. One, the building envelope had already ruptured at this point. So there was no dust explosions that occurred. These were just dust flash fires. And then most of all, the injuries that occurred had already occurred due to this large-scale oil mist explosion that happened in the vicinity of the mixer. So then where does this leave us if this is the outcome of the investigation report? So, you know, administratively on our side with the combustible dust incident database, We still have this listed as a combustible dust explosion slash flash fire in our database due to the fact that there was potato starch on site and that they did report having potato starch flash fires during the incident. But we did remove the injuries and fatalities in our incident database because they weren't attributed to the combustible dust explosions themselves. So we do have it listed. You can still find it in the database and the websites reported in the incident reports. But we removed the the injuries and the fatality totals from that information because those were attributed to the oil mist explosion. But on the other side, and probably a more important point here, is, is just this really demonstrating that there is more of a global awareness and understanding of combustible dust explosions that is developing. And this is really a key indicator of this. 
as I mentioned at the outset, traditionally when an incident like this would happen, you know, dust would be the last thing to look at. And once once determined that it must be the combustible dust, the dust must combust. I think it's the, the famous quote by Engler back in the 1800s when he's looking at coal dust and methane, the dust must combust. It's met with disbelief with those that are involved a lot of time. There's no way that sawdust could do that. There's no way that rubber dust could do that or plastic dust or potato starch. It's really interesting in this case, that was the first thing that came to mind was it was the potato starch and, and they had ripe conditions for this to happen at this facility. But so it is kind of remarkable and just demonstrates that there is this global awareness and understanding of combustible dust explosion is increasing. The fact that they really ran with this conclusion and made these wide scale sweeping changes, training programs, investigations, and actually found challenges and issues within sites, 3,200 citations. And again, multiple sites being shut down or giving stop work orders till they, they fixed, you know, very high risk challenge with combustible dust. This further demonstrates the importance of this awareness level. You know, there's obviously other challenges that need to be considered with combustible liquids. And in this case, the safe use of mixing, heated mixers and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, two really two pieces. One, this awareness piece of just acknowledging that combustible dust is a challenge and being aware enough to address that right from the get-go and look at that as one aspect. That's sort of the first piece. And the second piece, the level of heightened activity and the speed at which it occurred is just kind of astonishing in this case. Within three months, 900 facilities inspected, thousands of citations, some stop work orders, new national code of practice put in place, training programs across the country virtually. All this activity really puts Singapore in a, in a much better place and honestly likely prevented future combustible dust explosions from occurring. Tragically, this had to happen because of multiple people losing their life in this explosion incident. But at the end of the day, having this awareness, this activity, I really want to put as a second piece as it really can drive change. It can really drive heightened activity. And I do believe this has a knock-on effect that will make facilities safer in Singapore that are handling, generating, or producing a bustle dust safer in the future. So that's it then for this episode of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. In this episode, we covered this 2021 potato starch explosion in Tuas, Singapore. And we kind of need to put an asterisk here now because it's really a 2021 oil mist explosion in Tuas, Singapore with late potato starch flash fires that occurred. In the podcast episode, we discussed why this incident is interesting, what was initially reported, what happened after the incident, including the inspections, citations, stop work orders, the code of practice, the training, all of that activity related to combustible dust that occurred, the results of the investigation report itself, what this means for the incident database, what this means for moving forward with combustible dust and keeping this awareness level increased globally in terms of combustible dust and the challenges that may arise. So as always, I want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. If you have any input, any feedback on these incident updates, send me an email at chris at dustsafetyscience.com. Let me know if you want to see more of these type of incidents. Our team, as I've mentioned in the last couple of these, is really doing a lot of work trying to enhance incident research, getting investigation reports, getting fire marshal reports, doing Freedom of Information Act requests, so we can really improve and enhance the information that's available for these incidents, especially the large-scale ones that we are tracking the combustible dust incident database. And again, to develop the challenges that we're seeing to understand the lessons that would need to be learned and try to make sure they're not forgotten over time as well so we can improve the systems as a, a global community and tackle these challenges with combustible dust. So as always, thank you for what you're doing out there. I appreciate the work you do and have a safe and productive week ahead. 